Welcome to today's sermon, The Danger of an Unchecked Pride. I'm Femi Asabin, a preacher in the Church of Christ. Today, we will look at 2 Chronicles 26 and 29 and the lives of King Uzziah and King Hezekiah and see how their pride allowed them to incur God's wrath because they put the blessings that God gave them over the relationship that God desired to have with them. Hopefully, by looking at their lives, we can reflect on our own and not make the same mistake. When things are going good for people, there's a hidden danger that can bring about an unexpected downfall. And that danger is pride. You see, it's dangerous because one could easily start to think that their success, the things that they have, what they have accomplished, is based solely upon their efforts. And then they can start to look down on others because they don't have the same level of success. They don't have the same material possessions or positions in life. And we witness this in a lot of aspects of life. So we see that people who have reached a certain financial status sometimes tend to exhibit pride. People who have obtained a certain social status tend to have pride in that status. Maybe it's the clothes one wears or the cars one drives or just the hobbies, the things that one can do. People sometimes put pride in those things and it causes them to look down upon others who are not in the same position. You see, that pride turns something that's positive into something negative. And people, they can grow proud and have pride and not even realize that they have it. Start simple. Say you have a lot of money. At first it doesn't start off that you're proud full of the fact that you have a lot of money. But then it becomes second nature to you. And you start seeing others that don't have it and you start looking at them with disdain because you think that this money is making you better. And you start to get a little prideful about yourself and start treating others differently based upon the fact that you just have this money. You see, it didn't start off like that at first, but over time it grew. And if you're not careful, then your pride will grow and you'll be unaware of it. And God's people are not immune from this. You see, some people utilize their relationship with God or the blessings that they receive from God as a source of their pride. And it actually takes them further away from the God who gave it to them and the blessings that they are receiving unawares. What I want us to do today is just look at two kings. We've been looking at the uh, prophet Hosea. And so we're going to look at two kings uh, from around that time. The first king we're going to look at is Uzziah, where 
Hosea starts uh, prophesizing around. And then we're going to look at his great grandson, Hezekiah. So we're going to start in 2 Chronicles 26. And now we're going to then again look at 2 Chronicles 29. And there's another few other passages that we're going to look at later on. But these are the two that we want to start with so that it could give us a picture of pride. So, 2 Chronicles 26, I'm going to read the first five verses. Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king to succeed his father Amaziah. He rebuilt Eloth and restored it to Judah. After the king slept with his ancestors, Uzziah was 16 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. He set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. And then one might ask. How did God make him prosper? If you continue reading through the passage, we'll see that God made him prosper through his building endeavors. He expanded and fortified walls. He grew an army. He got prestige amongst other nations for his military might. He was a husbandman, which meant that he he loved uh, farming, basically, in our terms. He, he liked agriculture, and God blessed him through these efforts and what he started off with as right in the sight of the Lord and God's prospering him and he's seeking God because he was instructed later turns. He becomes prideful, proud, and he gets pride of this. And let's pick up at verse 16 of the same chapter. But when he had become strong, he grew proud to his destruction, for he was false to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord to make offerings on the altar of incense. But the priest Azariah went in after him with 80 priests of the Lord who were men of valor. They withstood King Uzziah and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to make offerings to the Lord, but for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, who are consecrated to make offerings. Go out of the sanctuary, for you have done wrong, and it will not bring you no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah was angry. Now he had a censer in his hand to make offering, and when he became angry with the priest, a leprous disease broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priest in the house of the Lord by the altar of incense. When the chief priest Azariah and all the priests looked at him, he was leprous in his forehead. They hurled him out, and he himself hurried to get out because the Lord had struck him. King Uzziah was leprous to the day of his death and being leprous lived in a separate house for he was excluded from the house of the Lord. His son Jotham was in charge of the palace of the king governing the people of the land. Uzziah starts off good 
with God's strength because of Uzziah's faithfulness, he is prospered and God gives him what I say is the desires of his heart, military might, a strong nation, a good name amongst kings, the ability to have hobbies that are prosperous. But he dies a leper, not able to enjoy the blessings that God gave him because he had pride in his heart and his pride caused him to worship God wrong. A king is not supposed to be burning incense to God. But Uzziah, falsely mistaking that the blessings that God had gave of him afforded him to overstep God's word, goes and tries to offer incense to God. In the context of worship, his pride causes him to be banished from God's presence and all of the blessings that God gave him. Because he was proud. You see, God can bless you and that impacts the way you worship and causes you to have improper worship. See, a lot of people wouldn't make that connection. They wouldn't say that God's blessings cause us to have pride and cause us to worship God wrong. But this is exactly what the text shows. We have to be careful. Not to become proud because that pride, while it is built upon things outside of worship, can creep in and cause our worship to be vain, our worship to be wrong, and our worship in pride will cause us to be cast out of God's presence and away from the blessings that he gave us. So one thing we must know, Uzziah, if it's not upon you to burn incense to the Lord, who is it upon? The priests, the sons of Aaron, which is recorded in Scripture. And if Uzziah would have stuck to the law of God, he would have known that and he would not have allowed himself to swell up with pride and high handedly went into the house of the Lord to do what he wanted. Now let's look at his great-grandson, Hezekiah. Let's turn a couple of chapters over to the 29th chapter of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles 29, and we'll read 1 and 2. Hezekiah began to reign when he was 25 years old. He reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, just as his ancestor David had done. You see, just like his great-grandfather, they start off on the right track. It was king, and they did right in the sight of the Lord. And they didn't allow what was going on to cause them not to... Stick to God's law. And if you continue reading through Second Chronicles 29, you'll see that what Hezekiah does is he opens up the doors of the temple that his father had shut. He starts to worship God properly with his whole heart. He institutes this Passover that has been neglected for years. And in his most severe time of need, 
he goes to God for help. When the Assyrians had came up against him and they were going to besiege Jerusalem, after Hezekiah had by his own means tried to appease them and given them gold and silver from the house of God and it didn't work, he goes before God in prayer asking God to intercede for him on behalf of the Assyrians because they were really going to come over and take over the nation. God does. And you would think that a person who does all of this in worship, who has a heart for God, who does the things that God wants when he wants and knows how to look to God for the things he is in need of in dire straits, would not fall victim to having a prideful heart. But let's look at Second Chronicles 32. And we're going to start at the 24th verse. And it reads, after God had done all these miraculous works, he had sent away the Assyrians, killed them. He had shown that he was with Hezekiah because Hezekiah had restored this worship. He had opened up his heart. I mean, opened up the house of God. This is what Second Chronicles 32, 24 reads. In those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. He prayed to the Lord and he answered him and gave him a sign. But Hezekiah did not respond according to the benefit done to him, for his heart was proud. Therefore, wrath came upon him and upon Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. And see, now we have an answer for pride, humility. But Hezekiah, a man who had dedicated himself to worshiping God correctly, who had sought God when he needed him at this time where he was about to die, he goes and prays to God. He's proud. And his heart's not in the right place. And it's not until he humbles himself that God answers his prayers. But we see something else that is an inherent danger with pride. You see, pride can be taught. Pride can be influenced by those who are in authority, those who are in control, or those who are in relationship with you. Because you see, Hezekiah has this pride, but so does Jerusalem. And so Hezekiah and Jerusalem have to humble themselves before God for God to intercede on them because God's wrath was going to be enacted upon all of the people, but they humbled themselves. And then God offers them grace. So what do we see? You can start off good. Both kings start off with the good with good words about them. They did right. They did good. They sought God. They did what God wanted to at the beginning of the description of their, their kingship, their reign. But what happens? God blesses them. And something happens with inside of them that it turns from seeking God to pleasing self and the things that God has blessed them with, afforded them to have, 
caused them to be proud and it's demonstrated through how they respond to God. And what does God do? He acts and his wrath is going to be incurred because of the pride that they demonstrate. See, we can start off on the right foot with God, receive the blessings from God, and that would tell us that God is pleased with us. That's not the only indication that God's pleased with us, but that could be an indication that we're seeking God with our heart and God is giving us the desires of that same heart that's seeking him to show approval. But the things that God has given us, the, the relationship that we have can cause us to get to a point to where pride swells up with us and then God's punishment is coming. So Uzziah, it starts off with, I have accomplished things in the world. And my pride enters into my worship. With Hezekiah, I have done things for God in worship and my pride is demonstrated in the world. So this pride can get stirred up in variety of ways, but it has the same result. God's judgment against the person who is demonstrating this pride because they have allowed themselves to be put above God and his blessings, which causes that person to lose the relationship with God and be separated from his blessings and that pride. It starts small, but grows big. And what's dangerous about it is that pride is a matter of the heart. So nobody else will know that you are proud, but God will. God is looking at these people's hearts, and when he gets to the point, when they get to the point where they're operating out of pride, God does something, and it shows, and it demonstrates it, and then everybody sees it, and then God judges them and acts. For Uzziah... His pride led him to anger, which led him to be kicked up out of the temple, which led him to be a leper, which led him not to be able to enjoy the blessings that God gave him. Hezekiah, his pride caused him not to give God the honor due to him because of an answered prayer, but he humbled himself and God afforded him more grace. And so it's important that we understand where we stand before God. The condition of our heart and if we're operating out of a place of pride, if we're proud because of who we are with God and what God has blessed us with, or are we functioning with humility? Listen to what Jesus says in Mark 7, you see what Jesus is going to do is he's going to get to the heart of the matter and tell us where that pride is located and the end results of it. Mark 7, and I'm going to start at 18. He said to them, then do you also fail to understand 
Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile since it enters not the heart but the stomach and goes out into the sewer? Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, it is what comes out of a person that defiles him. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person Pride defiles you before God, and anything that is defiled is unfit for use for God. But that comes from within. It's our heart that we have to look at, that we have to discern truly to see, am I allowing my relationship with God or the blessings that God has given me to operate out of a sense of pride. Because if that is the case, we're actually separating ourselves under the notion that we are in close relationship with God because of pride. And sometimes that's hard to hear because we do all of these things to live right, to look right, to be religious. And in this context to where Jesus tells his disciples this, it's where the, the Pharisees were saying, do not your disciples wash their hands before they eat? So they look religious, they act religious, but on the inside, they are filled up with pride. They're filled up with Evilness because their heart is not really towards God. It's towards looking like they're with God. And it's caused them to be separated from the very God that they portray they're in relationship with. Pride. Nobody else knows. The Pharisees appeared to be the religious leaders that everybody was supposed to live up to the standard that they have. And Jesus even says at one point, the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So do what they say, but don't do the things that they do. Why? Because they don't do the right things, but they say the right things. And if a person doesn't know, they look the right way. But their pride has clouded them, their judgment, their understanding. And they're really far away from God when they think that they're right there with God. What's interesting is also in that same verse we just read, the very thing that that Jesus says next to pride is folly. And we have a few passages out of wisdom literature. I'm going to just read two or three of these from Proverbs that tell us The dangers of pride. Proverbs 11, verse number 2. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But wisdom is with the humble. Hezekiah. He humbled himself. 
That was the wise thing to do in that circumstance, in that situation, because his pride was actually drawing him away from God and it was going to bring about his destruction. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit goes before a fall. A very familiar passage that is, is quoted a lot. It's important that we understand if we're operating out of pride or humility, because if we're operating out of a source of pride, then we're going to bring about our destruction. And that pride can be based upon a number of things. Your status, your possessions, your perceived relationship with God. The things that you do. And if any of those things are causing you to operate out of a source of pride, then just know that your destruction is coming soon because you will be exposed. And the last proverb that we're going to look at is Proverbs 29, verse number 23. A person's pride will bring humiliation. But one who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. A person's pride will bring about their destruction, but one who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. Hezekiah demonstrates this to an extent. God blesses him, he becomes proud. God punishes him, he humbles himself. And then if you keep reading in Second uh, Chronicles 29, what happens is God restores him, gives him extra life. And this, I believe, became another source of pride because God said he gave him some things to test his heart. And when the Babylonians came because they heard that God had extended Hezekiah's life, what Hezekiah does is he shows them everything in his kingdom. And then Isaiah asked him, what have you done? He said, I've shown them everything. And God says, everything that you showed him, you will lose. I think he didn't learn his lesson, but what he does demonstrate is that God is a merciful, a just God. That we can have ups and downs and that we can struggle with some sins. We can struggle with some things. And God is not going to go tit for tat. He's going to give us grace. Hezekiah starts off good, blessed, becomes proud, humbled, demonstrates another source of pride again. But God says, you know what? I'm not going to punish you in your days. And so the kingdom is extended a few more generations and then it's finally lost. I want to say four, five generations later, his great, great grandson finally loses it. Zedekiah, if I'm not mistaken, by the same Babylonians whom Hezekiah showed everything to. And that shows us that God will work with us. And so if we are proud, if we have put our blessings before the blesser, if we humble ourselves, then God will give us grace if we get back on the right track.
Because as God's children, we must understand that the true, the true blessing is the relationship. And that relationship is not supposed to cause us to be proud of the fact that we're God's children, but it's supposed to humble us because we recognize what it took for us to be God's children. It took God coming down in the form of Jesus and dying for our sins for us to be redeemed and washed away of our sins so that we can be considered the children of God. And while some might say that this is something to be proud about with the right perspective, this is something that should humble us to recognize that what God has blessed us with is a sign of his approval. But we should never get to the point that we put that above others and cause us to look down upon other people. Because God has given it to us to recognize that you're on the right track. God has pushed us in relationship with him to show us love so that we can be with him eternally in heaven. And if we are not dependent, if we are not humble, if we are not living in a way that shows we understand that it is solely because God that we have what we have, then we'll lose the relationship and get separated from the blessings which cause us to be prideful. You see, this lesson cost Uzziah to lose out on opportunity to worship, to lose out on opportunities to enjoy the blessings that God had afforded him. He lived as a leper the rest of the days of his life. I could just imagine a king being humbled by God because he wouldn't humble himself to the point to where he looks out and he can still see what God has given him, but it's up to other people to use. And that's what happened. That's what Proverbs teaches us. That pride will bring about our destruction. Uzziah shows us that pride will bring us separate from the blessings that God has given us. But there's another lesson with Hezekiah. That on this other side of pride, there's humility. And this humility will bring us back into right relationship with God. Even if we have gone astray, even if we have done things that causes us to swell up in pride, that causes us to not live up to the standard that God has us to, if we humble ourselves, then God will restore that relationship. He's done it for us in Christ Jesus. All it takes is humility. That's what God is calling us to. To understand that we don't have it within ourselves to provide, to give, to put ourselves in situations to where we could take care of ourselves apart from God. But if we're humble, no matter what we face, God will be with us. It doesn't matter if the problem looks bigger than life. God is with those who are with him 
And our humility is a sign of that. Our faith is an indication of that. And our knowledge of God validates it. So my encouragement to us all is that we don't get like Uzziah and Hezekiah and almost lose everything we have, lose our life because of pride. But understand who God has called us to and what God has given us. And the reason is because he loves us. Live in humility in your relationship with God. And even in the hard times, God will be with you. And won't always make it easy, but you won't be alone. My prayer is that we can continue to grow as God's people and that we can demonstrate and reflect the teachings that God has set forth in Scripture and some of the harder lessons in life that we can learn from reading the Bible and not actually experiencing it. Because not everybody comes out on the right side if they have to use life as their teacher all the time. I'm not sure where that sermon leaves you. My prayer is that you will contemplate it and incorporate it into your Christian life. If you're not a Christian, I ask, what's stopping you? God sent his son, Jesus, to freely extend the gift of salvation to all who will follow him. To get that salvation, one must follow the example set out in Scripture. The book of Acts, which details the church's beginnings and expansion, shows us biblical examples of those who were saved. A good place to look is in Acts 2. You get Peter preaching the first gospel sermon and the response of those who heard and believed his message. They repented and were baptized, which added them to the church Christ established. The Bible only teaches of one church. If you want to be added to it, go to your local church of Christ and tell them your desire to be washed of your sins and to live a godly life. Study your Bible, put its teachings to practice, and you will make heaven your home.